With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by allsteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Sharkbine, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, we're diving into the new, I want to say the improved Pittsburgh Steelers. Plenty of changes that have happened over the week. More to come. Free agency is just getting started, I think. The big ones, Patrick Peterson, two or replaces Cam Sutton, Nate Hebig filling up the offensive line. Two new inside linebackers, Larry Ogunjobi and DeMonte KZ return. And like we said, we believe there are more coming. It is a dark, gloomy day outside. I'm sure it's the same in good old Kentucky. How you feel, my friend? Yeah, same old, same old here. But it's good. It's good. It's Friday. I get to talk some ball. Uh, been a been a very busy week for agency. I know, I know you feel it, um, but yes. it's been fun. It's been it fun is. getting uh, getting some new faces, getting to dive into some tape on some of these new guys, and um, I'm definitely uh, cautiously optimistic about a couple of these guys for sure. I would say cautiously optimistic is a very good way to put it. It feels uh, it feels good, you know. It feels like there's a little bit of a spark here with some of these guys. I met Patrick Peterson and Nate Herbig yesterday. Let me tell you, first impressions, uh, Patrick Peterson is just a professional. Like, the guy is just – you could tell he's a 13-year vet. You know, it's a Cam Hayward. I know what to say. I know how to say it. I know what the NFL is. I know what to expect. I was like, all right, this guy, he's a professional. That's what he is. He's a professional. Nate Herbig is just a dude. Like, he is a he's in a Hawaiian, Stanford-loving, everybody's a stud – Came in pounding the table for his brother, kind of dude. He mentioned uh, this is these this is the list of people that he called a legend during his opening press conference. Uh, Andy Weidel was a goat. Mike Tomlin's a legend. Kenny Pickett's a legend. Tyson Alualu's a legend. David DeCastro, his brother Nick, the entire Pittsburgh Steelers roster, and everybody from his high school in Hawaii, all legends, according to Nate Herbig. It was a it was a good time. When you let's start there, let's start with Nate. You look at him, you look at his tape, big nasty dude. They said he's what six four, three twenty five, I believe. What pops off for this guy? An undrafted free agent in twenty nineteen has come through and started, I believe, twenty eight games. Yeah, 
the size, the number one thing. I mean, <laughs> you talk about just overall size. The dude's a the dude's a big dude. He's he's definitely a people mover type. Um, you know, there are some things that I think he does particularly well. Like um, I've only gotten through like one game of his um, from last season, but. Oh, we got a frozen Derek. Continued frozen Derek. That's all right. He's gone off on the size. Nate Herbig is a big dude. He has only gotten through one tape. I guess that's where he was going to say. My analysis of Nate Herbig is, again, big, nasty guy, plays the inside, has a chip on his shoulder. He's got upside. I think he's still young. He's still developing. He's a player that came out early out of Stanford and kind of rides that wave of, Believed I should have got drafted, didn't get drafted. He plays very physical. Am I going to say he's going to compete with Kevin Dotson? I was going to ask Derek this. I'm sure I'll wait until he pops back up on the screen. But as of now, I would say maybe the Steelers like Kevin Dotson. They're going to continue to like Kevin Dotson. That's not going to change. They always make guys prove themselves when they come to Pittsburgh. That's just what happens with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You come to Pittsburgh, you do not own anything. Uh, I think he's back. All right, he's coming back. And therefore, they will not hand him anything. You're back. He's ready. It's all right. Dude, I I don't know what's going on with my Wi-Fi. I've literally been fooling with this thing literally since I woke up. So, um, That's terrible. What what was I saying? One tape on Nate Herbig. Yeah, so only really got the one game so far. Um, definitely a guy that can generate some displacement at the line of the scrimmage. Um, works good vertically, double teams. Um, inside zone definitely feels like his fit. Um, not the most athletic guy, but I think he may be just a tad more athletic than his testing um, or that like his profile would typically indicate. Um, one of the things that he really needs to work on is pad level. Pad level was a problem in the game that I watched. But overall, um, good finisher, definitely um, definitely a guy that you know plays with that mauler mentality. It does seem like just with the Steelers, the, the offensive lineman that they've showed interest in so far, it does feel like getting back to that um, – that physicality at the line of scrimmage is definitely a priority one to improve this run game. I think that obviously we saw how they um, operated down the stretch on offense. They really want to be, um, you know, a run heavy team. And I think that Herbig um, is a sign that, you know, that could definitely be the direction that their offense is going to. Do you think that I just gave my spiel about Nate Herbig, so I'm not going to give it to everybody again. You missed it. Unfortunately. (laughs) Um, Do you, do you think that they compete? Do you think he competes with Kevin Dotson this summer? You think that's an open competition? Definitely. Yeah. And I I think that's absolutely what they needed to do. Like, um, I I don't think that she could go into the um, regular season, just handing the, handing the job off to Kevin Dotson. Just, um Dawson's a really he's he's got talent it's just the inconsistencies are maddening you know really highs really yeah. lows um you know I'm interested to see what the rest of Herbig Herbig's tape um says but I definitely think just off of watching the one game that I've watched so far I definitely think that he has the potential to win that job and I anticipate that they're going to give him the opportunity to that was that was my question do you think he's got that upside because he is young what is he's 25 years old Dotson will be 26 by the season. He's 24, I believe. Dotson yeah. will be 26 by the season. So he's two years older. Do you think that he 
he's got that upside to just not be a spot starter, not be a, uh, well, you know, he beat out Kevin Dotson, but kind of be like, oh, okay, maybe the Steelers found that kind of guy. I mean, 28 starts. And, you know, Andy White will see something in him, according to reports. He's got to, I mean, there's got to be something there. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get, like, too over yeah, yeah, yeah. here just because, um, you know, good offensive linemen are really hard to find, for one. Um, and, you know, there's just – there's not – like, every team doesn't have good five good offensive linemen. So, yes. that's just what it is. But I do think, like, when you watch him, um, like, just in pass protection, you know, he's he anchors well. Um like I said, a zone-based blocking scheme, I think he can be a starting caliber type of player. But, um, you know, I, I don't want to say that he's going to be like an impact guy or anything like that. But I do think he has like high backup to spot starter or baseline starter traits just off what I've yeah. seen so far. So. I feel like Mason Cole had that same description coming in here and he's turned out to be pretty fine at the center position something that you just the just the one game i've watched of her big i did not think that cole's tape was very good uh last off season so we're already off to a better start on that yeah also very true i guess very true you were not a big fan of of i like mace cole yeah he was all right did you does the reports and from what i have heard those reports are are true maybe not as it, it, they might be a little bit more laid back than the reports claim they were or or just on the surface seem. But the Orlando Brown made a push for Orlando Brown. In your head, did that set something off that says the Steelers maybe are going to consider Dan Moore competing for the job this season? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, yes. Very the Orlando right. Brown thing was... Whoa, wait, time out, time out. First, I'd like to come on here and say that uh, we did a podcast... And I was very excited about Orlando Brown one week ago. And we left that podcast. <laughs> and I was like, well, Orlando Brown sucks. And the Pittsburgh Steelers would never go after him because that's all I've been told. And everybody in the comments. And that's what Derek told me. Well, yeah, if I, I was the general manager, I would have won that one. So, yeah, carry on. I don't uh, I don't think he sucks. I just think he's a little overrated. Uh, but I think for what they what the Bengals paid for him. Like Brown to me is not an elite tackle because he's not an elite pass protector. And I think it's pretty much impossible to be an elite tackle without being good at the most important thing. Um, But he's a really good run blocker. um, And I think that he is a solid pass protector who's just has some limitations uh, in terms of range, but it was interesting. I I wonder if the Steelers, to me, it seems that maybe again, we could be looking at more of the Mahler type tackles just to match kind of what they've got on the interior or their, going to in the interior yeah. like maybe um you know your darnell Wrights, your dewan jones those types of tackles that are you know assets in the run game and moving away from some of the guys that they've got right now um but i, I just the thing with orlando brown which is kind of interesting i wonder if they just kind of got in because brown's market wasn't what he was putting it out i mean he turned down like yeah. a 24 25 million dollar a year from the chiefs deal and then he ends up signing with cincinnati for 16 a year i mean that i I, that's why i didn't want brown was because i thought he was going to reset the market like 16 million a year is yeah fine Um, cheap it's cheap that's what's what's uh what's chooks chooks is 13 a year i believe um yes 11 or 13 or something like that 
Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a great deal. Now, I mean, the Bengals might have screwed themselves because John Williams wants out now, and that whole instance is, eh, but it does. And I agree. I think that's a good thing. But just like you've said before, the tackles in this draft do not offer, oh, come in here and be immediately better than Dan Moore Jr., fill that role without any issues it, the tackles in the draft there's a couple of them that could come in here and be studs right from the beginning but a lot of them need a year and that's that's just the reality the pittsburgh steelers are looking at but the after orlando brown makes me think maybe you know maybe at 17 i'm still saying no it's a cornerback but at 32 i think people are going to be i think people are going to be really upset with that 32nd pick because i think it's either going to be a tackle, which people will be happy about, but I don't think it'll be like a big name tackle or it's going to be an inside linebacker. Sorry, but it's, it's going to yeah. be an inside linebacker. That, that, that last part for me, that last part doesn't feel good, but it's the, it's the truth. Like it's it, all signs point in one direction. And if you follow the trends, the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking at, uh, are looking at an inside linebacker. There's a lot of questions about the draft. There's a lot of questions about, positions that they've signed bush goes to seattle did you like that fit for bush good luck i mean i do think the one thing with Devin, <laughs> I, i'm not gonna um i'm just, sorry I, I don't have a lot of thoughts they're positive um well, best of luck, luck to Devin. i think it's a good situation for him because they lost cody barton and free agency jordan brooks coming back from that acl so there's a potential there that i guess he could maybe work his way into a starting role um so good for good for him uh think that if he can you know work his way back and maybe you know surprise some people good for him but i i don't based on what i saw last year on tape i mean when you're getting benched the for great analysis robert spillane i just and mark robinson I don't have, yeah, and mark I just robinson. don't have a lot of just don't have a lot of positivity uh going nah. devin's way but best of luck to him yeah now nah, i haven't gotten hit up for a uh a devin bush breakdown yet i would don't know if i'd have many positive things to say i want to address this one real quick too if the steelers take a center high in the draft do you think mason cole could get cut um i would I, I know a lot of people have the well the steelers could upgrade at center mentality but it's not going to happen like the steelers don't have a center on their radar they've already shown that with who they've met at the nfl combine but it makes a lot of sense if you're going to keep mitch trubitsky for 10 million dollars a year just because you don't want to mess up his relationship with your young quarterback. If you're going to keep a really bad offensive coordinator because you don't want to mess up the flow with your young quarterback, you're not going to change centers. You know, you're going to keep Mason Cole and he's probably the easiest one of the three to decide to keep. So I I just don't think that the Steelers have that in their arsenal this year. Maybe, maybe deeper in the draft as like a depth piece in in case he goes down. Cause I don't know if Herbig has center experience, but I don't think that, I don't think that they're going to go out and draft somebody, especially not in those first couple of picks. Um, all right, so we'll get, dive into a lot of these more in a little while. Let's talk the defensive side of the ball. Two new linebackers, Cole Holcomb and oh, – oh, oh, man, I'm blanking on his name. Alondon Roberts, excuse me. I want to talk, talk about Roberts first. Miami guy, I think you tweeted out – uh, he gives you a lot of Vince Williams feel to him. Is that what you was that you on Twitter? Um, similar type, similar type players for sure. I, I don't know that I use the Vince Williams comp uh, one to one, but there are definitely um, similar type traits there. 
there's there's a lot of go- stuff going around. Obviously, everybody on Twitter has seen him stuff Nick Chubb at the at the line of scrimmage. That's obviously the highlight that's making its way. Um, the the what I got from a Miami Dolphins source scout, whatever you want to say, uh, he's a very good fit under the previous defensive scheme that Brian Flores brought from New England. Wish that would have still applied here. Uh, he came back from an ACL the next next to last game of the 22 season. Um, and 2022 was his best year, and you could see that on the field. And then it talks about more about the Vic Fangio. It wasn't a good, wasn't a good breakdown. I guess that was the first time I read it. I won't lie to you guys. Should have came prepared. What do you see in Roberts? Give me, give me your breakdown of Roberts. Yeah, Roberts is a old school like two down thumper. I mean, that's just that's what he is. He's um, a solid run defender who plays really aggressive, flows to the ball um hits i mean he's just he's a very throwback type of linebacker not someone that you want covering that's one that you want out in a bunch of space um the one thing i will say i I need to watch the clips because i am intrigued because this is not something that i saw last year on his tape when i was going through it but it looks like they blitzed him more in passing situations this past year which was interesting because Roberts doesn't have a like he's just he can't cover so there's not really much upside for him in the pass game but yeah. it looks like Roberts blitzed a good amount last year like I'm just looking at some pressures he he rushed the passer 29 times but he ended up with 13 pressures five sacks three hurries uh three hits five hurries so pretty good I'm interested to see if I can find some of those reps but um yeah Roberts good run defender I don't know that I would I don't think Roberts is like penciled in. Well, he might be penciled in as the starter right now, but I, I really got to be the starter. Yeah. But I think that there's a decent chance that if he's the starter week one, he's not the starter for very long because I think that they'll take a inside linebacker earlier, but good special team or two. Like he has a good amount of, um, a good amount of special teams experience. He's covered kicks, um, been on the kick return team. He's covered, he covered punts last year. It looks like for the first time. Um, so, you know, offer special team upside. So I like that too. Yeah. I, I think that it's, it's a good, my thought of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now is a changing of the guards. You get two guys, one that you believe that you could build off of in Holcomb. And then another guy in Roberts that could be here to be like a, a thumper, you know, veteran presence nearing the end of his career. And then you bring somebody in at 32 or 49, whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah, I'm going to guess that's Trenton Simpson as of right now, but I would imagine that by the end of this, you know, Drew Sanders is on their list as well because they're going to go goo goo dolls over him too. I think Noah Swell's gone because they didn't go to his pro day. Does he, so he's, you're saying he, he's you're saying coast. Simpson who, yeah, he's a West coast guy. They don't go West coast. He's way too far away. Do you, Do you think Simpson – so you're saying Simpson's the guy that comes in here, and then by the middle of the season, he's the guy that starts. But at the same time, Simpson is also not very good at football and being an inside linebacker right now. I I just think that Robert's deal to me looks like Herbig's deal, where it's like they could compete for the job, but they're not necessarily going to change them pivoting from their draft plans. Gotcha. um, I think Simpson, just from a fit perspective, like I tweeted it out, just with Holcomb and Roberts, like I think that the guy that they get in the draft has to have either some type of coverage ability or some type of coverage athletic profile. Um, 
to develop into a good cover linebacker. So I think that Simpson definitely, I definitely think he has that. Yeah, so, Simpson fits the bill. Pro day dinner. Yeah, the pro day dinner was it. That was it. As, yeah, pro day as soon dinner, as the pro day dinner happened, I was just like, well, they're drafting everybody Trump and Simpson. their mom at the Clemson pro day and a formal at the combine. They're definitely interested in Simpson. So, yeah, they are. And it's not like it's they're, it's not a tip. Like, you take them out to dinner, it means something. The rest of it, I don't care. You take them out to dinner, it means something. What about Holcomb? What do you see in Holcomb? Yeah, I was watching the Tennessee game before I jumped on here. Um, Holcomb's pretty good i mean he's he's a good athlete um i think a lot of people were surprised to see that on a scouting report yesterday or the other day when he was signed um good athlete flows to the football um has some good range to him um another like i definitely think he's a better run defender than cover guy um i'd like the way that he approaches tackles like he seems like he's always under control like plays you know inside out outside in depending on you know where his help's at yeah um I, I I like what I've seen, and there have been some encouraging pass reps. I tweeted one out just a minute ago of him in zone coverage. Definitely not a guy who's um, like he's a fluid athlete, but he's not someone that I would you know. Not that I hope that they do this anyway, but he's not somebody that you want to just throw in the slot to cover like tight ends or anything like that, man to man. But um, looks like he plays his leverage pretty well in zone coverage. So I like I, I like what I've seen so far. Um, I'm curious. It does seem like. You know, he got a similar deal to some of these other linebackers that I thought yeah. were better in free agency. But I mean, I I still think that um, there's a chance that he could, you know, play up to this deal for sure. Yeah, it seemed very much so. Like it, it, it the deal's better than than uh, Leighton Vanderish, who they were supposedly and, after. And David, like, there's just there was a lot of guys that like signed for. I haven't seen like the full deal, so I, I don't want to comment too much uh, because I don't think even the guaranteed money's out. That could be another thing. So. Yeah, true. Could but, be very low. Yeah, but like, what's a, low guaranteed out of an eleven million dollar deal? Like, not a lot. Can't be a lot of you know. What was I was Vander talking about just, guaranteed money for um. Yeah, for, for Holcomb. Holcomb's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't his three for eighteen? It was three for eighteen. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, still, if you guarantee him four million dollars, I mean, Robert Splane got a four million dollar guarantee, so you'd have to imagine it's probably right around yeah. there. That's probably I mean, six, probably six, seven, five, five. Yeah, like that's not like you're still sitting there with a Vanderish deal. But maybe they like this guy, you know, maybe they see something young in him. Maybe they thought he could get him, you know, maybe they had their eyes on him in the draft. I don't know. I haven't talked to him yet. I don't know where this whole thing started, but it definitely came out of left field to me. Love the mullet. I think everybody in Pittsburgh is going to love the mullet. The mm-hmm. The whole Pittsburgh, these are Pittsburgh guys was 100% happening in free agency to bring in Nate Hebig, who just, here, I got a clip. This is, this is I love this guy. This is Steeler. <laughs> it's Steelers. It's the Steelers. That was is my he's immediately my favorite player in the locker room by far. Um, but it's just very Pittsburgh themed guys. But just to kind of transition into the last player, obviously, which is Patrick Peterson, which I know you're excited to talk about. But the grand scheme of things, it feels as if their entire defense is kind of making an overhaul here. You get rid of Jerry O, you get rid of Brian Flores, you get rid of Robert Splane, Miles Jack, Devin Bush. You bring in two new guys, new linebacker coach. You now have, as of right now, your starting safety is different. Your number one cornerback's different. Chances are they're going to bring in another cornerback with a very high draft pick. It just seems like the changing of the guards is very real in Pittsburgh right now. And it's exciting because the Steelers didn't have a lot of holes on defense. 
but they could have improved in a couple of areas. And I think they've kind of taken that and ran with it, which gives me, you know, gives me a lot of uh, a lot of hope in Omar Khan. Not that I didn't have any hope in Omar Khan. I thought Omar Khan was going to be a stud, but he's kind of come out here and just been like, yo, guys, watch what I could do. Works out well. Feeling good about it. Let's talk about Patrick Peterson. I know, I know you wish this was 12 years ago. Patrick Peterson was pick. He's not. What does 13 year vet Patrick Peterson bring to the Pittsburgh Steelers? And the age thing's got to be a concern, right? Like at some point, Father Time's got to catch a corner. It always does. Yeah. Peterson's playing pretty well for like he played really well last year for his age. Um, it's just it's total it's a totally different scheme, man, that they run over there in Minnesota. Um, you know, it's a lot of like quarters, quarter, quarter, half type stuff, a lot of off coverage, pretty much exclusively zone. So I was going to say, it's not a lot of man. Yeah. I'm interested to see how he transitions back into this scheme. If it's interesting to me too, like if the signings of Peterson and Holcomb, who are more from like zone coverage based defense, if that changes a little bit about how they want to do things next year. Um, but I do think Peterson, like, Dude, he's so freaking smart. Like I was yeah. just, I, I've watched like uh, I watched two full games, and then I watched his interceptions from this past year. And uh, dude, he's just he's ridiculously smart. Like just plays route concepts very well. Like once he gets those zone eyes on the quarterback, like he's dangerous, man. He'll he'll break he'll break stuff. He'll jump routes, and I'm excited to see what he has left. I think the most the thing I'm most excited for is uh, he alluded to it, even though he said he hasn't talked to the coaches yet, but he alluded to, like, being part of the game plan and maybe moving around. Yep. I think that – I tweeted this out, like, right after the signing happened. But, like, I think that he would be really good at this point of his career, like, covering tight ends. And I'm just thinking to myself that I think Cincinnati's probably going to go after a tight end in the, with the, I think one they of their just first signed couple picks. But they lost Hayden Hurst. Oh, yeah, also so, very true. like, I think – and it's a really good tight end class. So, like, Cincinnati – and Burrow has had really good tight end production the last couple of years. I think with that in mind and Mark Andrews in the division, I think Peterson's an interesting player because, like, he has that size. He has the length. You know, he's not a guy that's going to get boxed out easily. He can keep up – like, he can, you know, play with those bigger receivers. Just in terms of concerns, like, he's yeah. lost a step. Like, Dude, he's got to he lose a step. He's 33 passed. years old. People yeah. lose steps. Yeah, I mean, just like whenever he, whenever he has to open up his hips and like increase his strides to get vertical or to match vertically, like you can just tell, like he's not twenty one anymore because Peterson used to be just like this unbelievable athlete. Now that's it's a good thing because like he's used to be an unbelievable athlete, and even with him losing a step, like he's not just like he's not a four six four seven. I don't think he's like a four seven yeah. corner at this point, but um, you know, he he is definitely slower, but. Um, again, just intelligent, the ball skills. I mean, he had a couple really good interceptions last year that impressed me too. So I'm interested to see what he does. I do think there's going to be some matchups that the Steelers are going to have to be a little bit scheme dependent and try to hide him a little bit. But, um, I think, I think it's a good signing though, um, for, for what it was. Do you, cause we both anticipate they're going to take a corner at 17. Chances are it's, Devin is Devin Witherspoon really the only one that moves back and forth inside outside versatility like that? It, say they get a guy like like Witherspoon, like Joey Porter Jr., like Deontay Banks. Do you, do you see an instance where Peterson kind of pri- primarily plays the slot 
Levi Wallace and a rookie's on the outside. You know, kind of like a Cam Sutton situation where Peterson starts on the outside with Wallace and then he works his way inside, plays a little bit more there. Yeah, I feel like there's not as much. I feel like Cam wanted to be on the outside. I think Peterson's just like, I don't care, man. Just put me on the field. It is what it is. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't know if Peterson can do that against slot receivers, the shiftier oh, guys. Like so I'm, he's not I'm a slot guy, inter- just a tight end guy. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I think that he's gonna okay. like he alluded to it and I kinda like think that it's a good kind of illustration, but I think he can just be like a matchup guy. Like I think okay. the game plan could really be week to week dependent on how they utilize him. Yeah. Um, but I do think he right now, I think he's probably he's definitely penciled in as like the outside starter. Yes. Um with with Levi. But I think um yeah, Witherspoon, man, like everybody just needs to say a prayer that, you know, he doesn't run that 40 um, or he runs like a four or five. Um, but he's an inside guy. Can. Like you could put him on the inside. You feel comfortable about that? Not Peterson. Play Witherspoon. Anywhere. Witherspoon could play anywhere. Like he he's an outside guy to me, though. I mean, he's he's thinly built. Like he's got that slight frame. He's on about 180 pounds. But um, yeah, he hits like a freight train. Incredible tech. I mean, he's a really good technician. Hits, tackles. He's good against the run. I'd have no problem playing him inside. I'd even, I mean, I even think he could play inside as a rookie. But um, so he would be. I mean, You'd have to Witherspoon. Your options you that take, or Arthur Millette. Like yeah, when you take all of the, when you take all of the components of what the Steelers could or we think are looking for in a cornerback, Witherspoon probably fits all of those components the most. But it's just a matter of is he going to be there at seventeen? I don't know. So. All right, all right. Last thing I want to talk about with the cornerbacks here. A lot of Akella Witherspoon hate. A lot. <laughs> a lot of Akella Witherspoon hate happening. I've tried. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't defend anybody on Twitter. I just chill. I just stay chilling. It's what I do. But, like, come on. Can we be honest? Akella Witherspoon is not a bad cornerback to have on a roster. He has met exactly what the expectations were coming to Pittsburgh. The highs are high. The lows are low. You're just hoping for the highs. There's no point in getting rid of it. Who are you going to go find for $4 million to be a quality depth piece at cornerback that's better than a Keller Witherspoon? You can't. Nobody. The answer is nobody. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I think the Akello stuff is funny to me because oh, hilarious. Um, it's well, I stay chilling. Like he had a couple of rough games. Some of the plays that he gave up, he was in good position, just didn't finish at the catch point. And then I think that the the Philly game is what Dude, the Philly like, game I think he was sticking hurt. out. Yeah, I think it's sticking out in people's brains those two touchdowns. But like y'all got to understand, and like we we talked about this leading up to the game, we talked about this after the game. Like the Steelers were literally playing middle field closed and asking Akilo to press a top five receiver with a hamstring injury. With a I mean, hamstring injury for one yeah. half. You guys can blame y'all can blame Witherspoon all you want, but that's bad coaching, man. Like, don't get me wrong, that's just bad coaching. Yeah. But it's it's it is funny to me. I I think Akilo. I I don't I don't know if they keep him on the roster. I mean, they I guess it seems like they are at least going to get through the draft to see yeah, like what just, they've got. Um, yeah, you bring him into the summer. You know, there's yeah. no point in not. It just doesn't yeah, I mean, make it, but, he's too cheap. You're not going to find anybody for cheaper than $4 million on the open market. Unless you're yeah. bringing back a James Pierre and you're just comfortable with somebody there. But James Pierre is a huge liability. And last year, 
Last year showed the Steelers anything, and Patrick Peterson said it in his welcome press conference. Sometimes the most hel- the healthiest team wins a Super Bowl. And the yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers, especially in games like the Buffalo Bills, um, who was that? No, that I, Josh Jackson and James Pierre actually played really well against whoever the next team was. But you run into those situations. You do not. You'd much rather have a Keller Witherspoon out there than James Pierre and Josh Jackson any day of the week. Yeah, it's just um... – Somebody saying, what about the Cincy game? Y'all are bringing up games and situations where he's guarding top five receivers. Like, yeah, yeah. The, like I'm not trying to be disrespectful, guys, but, like, do, do y'all think that receivers are just out there on the market that are going to go man up against Jamar Chase that's, all the way around the that's field? That's what I'm like, trying to say is, like, for your fourth like if y'all wanted, if y'all wanted that, y'all, they should have went and got Jalen Ramsey. And exactly. even Jamar is going to cook him, too. Like, yeah. The I fourth corner on a, on a roster is not a guy that's coming in here and your expectations are, all right, buddy, go guard A.J. Brown every single down. With a Jamar hamstring Chase, injury. With a with hamstring no injury. And go, ex- and go exceed. Like, it's just not the expectations like said, have to meet coaching, your value right? on the team. And Akella Witherspoon's value right now is a fourth-string cornerback. That's pretty freaking good to have for your fourth cornerback. Like that's uh, two years ago, it was James Pierre, and at one point last season, your CB two was Josh Jackson. So, just you know, it's all about value. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really get the. I think the Akella is just way, way overboard. I, I don't know. It seems like oh, yeah. everybody's just like. I, I, this is what we said in the offseason, too. Like, he was an elite corner the last half of 2021. Yes. And I told people, I said, look, like, they're bringing Akilo back to be this number one corner. I'm just telling you, like, he's had stretches like this. Granted, maybe not six or seven games like it was in 2021. But, like, he's had stretches like this before where – He's been really, really good, and he's never been able to put together a full season. He's never been able to do um, that consistently, and everybody was like, oh, well, like, he's going to keep his momentum. I'm like, look, man, just understand, like, he's never done it consistently. I hope he does. Yep. And what happened? Like, he had a bad three-game stretch, and now everybody thinks he's terrible. Like, he's not – like, he's just inconsistent. Like, he's very talented. He's inconsistent. Exactly. He's completely fine. Like, the highs I, I are don't, the highs, and the lows are the lows. The highs are very high. The lows are very, very low. My guy, my guy, Eddie Spaghetti, man, is he is hammering these Devon Witherspoon comments. I, are, I think, somebody tossed out there that they're are they brothers? No, they're not really. Oh, okay. I was like, well, and uh, this one we got to bring this one back up. Who remembers the Ross Cockrell days? That's what I, it could be worse. It could be so much worse than having Kel Witherspoon as your fourth corner. Just tossing it out there. Just tossing out there. With that being said, you still under the impression that 17 is a corner before we move on to this last thing here? I, I think I think it's a good possibility. Yeah. I I, I, feel I am worried about the – I'm worried a little bit about the inside linebacker thing, though. It won't be at 17. I could t- just – I could just, you know, uh, maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it is. Mm-hmm. Last year I thought it was Malik Willis for sure, but uh, maybe – Maybe if it is, it's bad. It's a bad pick, but I think I have more faith in Omar Khan. If it was, if it was Kevin Colbert, I'd be more noticed. I'd be more nervous. All right. Two questions real quick before we head out of here. Two guys that I think are still on the Steelers radar. Terrell Edmonds, Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree. Do you see him coming to Pittsburgh? According to reports, he's, he's whatever he's, 
I agree. I think he's on the way. I think it's it's the next news that it breaks. And then Terrell Edmonds, do you see him coming back to Pittsburgh? Probably. Oh, okay. I think because I just don't know what his market's going to be. And I, I think if it's similar to what it was last year, like why not bring him back? You know I what agree. I'm saying? Like, yeah. If it's if he's only going to get a minimal raise, you know, to like a baseline starter salary, like I would 100% like to have him back. And we, we've talked at length about, you know, how fantastic they were in those three safety sets. I definitely think that that's something that they want to continue. So um, I definitely think Edmonds could potentially be back. I just, like I said, I just don't think that he's a priority to them. I think if they get him back, they're cool. If not, they'll try to look at, you know, maybe getting a similar type of player either in free agency or the draft. So, um, yeah, I- I agree. I think that I Edmonds, definitely think the bud thing. Him. The bud thing makes way too much sense, man. Like way too much sense. It's all about it health. Is. If he is, if his knees got two seasons in him, you sign him for two seasons. He comes back to Pittsburgh. He finishes his career. He feels real good about it. Uh, Edmonds. I think it's just like you said. It's him. If he gets a bigger contract, I think both sides are fully aware. Hey, man, go get the bag. Go have fun. You know, we're happy for you. Thanks for doing your thing here. If not, we'll be waiting. You know, and the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Steelers are just saying we'll drop you a really small contract, and we could try this again next year. But for the time being, go explore and have fun, see what it is. All right, we'll have plenty of news by the next time we're on here next Friday. Thank you guys for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I will be back on Monday with Steven. Make sure to check us out on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash All Steelers Talk, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Find all of the free agency news and breakdowns at allsteelers.com. And like I said, I will be back on Monday. Enjoy your weekend.